0: see everyone today. It's great to be able to get back together, National Back to Church Sunday, and, uh, and just so thankful um, that, we're, uh, that we're able to do this. And, um, you know, for the last few weeks, uh, whether digitally or in person, we've been talking about this idea of we are the church and what that really means to us and, and what that looks like uh, for us as, you know, when we say that statement, what, what does that really mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to others? And we've been looking at uh, at, at our core values, which we now have hanging on the wall right there, uh, which I think is a great thing so that we can kind of keep those in front of us in terms of who we are, what we're all about, um, and just that constant reminder. Because while I am so proud of the unity and the togetherness that really makes up the amazing purpose-driven people that make up Connect Church, and I'm so thankful to be a part of this, uh, this church family, but for us to stay that way, and for our culture to just continue to move forward as it needs to, we need to keep some of these things in front of us. We need to be focused on the right things. And sometimes we just need a reminder of these things uh, and, and sort of the why we do what we do. And so we've looked at what church is supposed to be. We've been honest about maybe what it's not supposed to be. And as we've looked through our core values, I've, I've saved one for today. I've, um, we're really just going to look at one of our core values today, a final core value that uh, that it kind of leads up to in many ways, and it brings everything together in terms of purpose and direction for the future. And so maybe if you're new with us or you're new watching online, um, this will really kind of inform you a little bit about what we're all about and, and really what the church as a whole should be all about, the, you know, the capital C church. Because the thing is, if we keep looking in the rearview mirror... Then we're going to have a tougher time getting to where God wants us to go. And so I'm sure you've heard the analogy before. You know, there's a reason that the windshield is much bigger than the rearview mirror and all of that. And it's very true and all of that. But, you know, this is a core value that we're going to look at right now that keeps our focus on what is ahead and drives us towards it. Uh, but it really keeps the mission of what Jesus is calling us to do at the forefront as well. And, and so this is, this is it right here. This is, this is the last one that we're going to look at. It says, we believe in being culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. We believe in being culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. Now that's a mouthful. And that sounds like a lot of Christianese in there. And I get that. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. And we're really going to break it into two parts, culturally relevant and doctrinally pure. And how both of those can, can, kind, can kind of come together. And so, why would I save this one for last? Why would I talk about this one at the end of this series? Well, because it speaks to the how of our mission. It speaks to the how of our mission. It should help us guide our thinking and our creativity and our planning for the future. It should also, hear me on this, it should guide us individually as we react or respond to different circumstances. So you can follow along in the Bible app if, if you'd like, if you've got the Bible app or, uh, or you've even got your physical Bible. Um, in a few minutes, we're gonna be in 1 Corinthians chapter nine. So just to give you a little bit of a heads up there. So if you're watching online, you've got the Bible app, uh, look for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio. But, uh, but when we say this, When we say being culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure, let's let's talk about the culturally relevant part for just a second. When I say culturally relevant, right, so relevant to our culture, what do we mean by that? Take a look at this video. Good morning, TPS students. It is testing week, and it's time to slay all day. Yeet, stay woke beyond fleek. And get that Gucci breakfast. Goals. Say bye, Felicia, to that testing stress. Weather's going to be turnt, right, Chris? Yes. Toledo weather going to be the lit during testing week. A hundo P chance of success. You've got this, kids. Steve, how about that traffic? Are we looking okurr? Better than okurr? (laughs) We're talking turnt. FOMO won't be an issue. No traffic problems around any TPS schools to keep you from taking those tests. So get a good night's sleep, do your best, in fact, be extra, extra. We here at WTOL are very proud of you.
1: Good Good luck luck on your test, test, TPS TPS students. students.
0: That was the worst. Right? That was like the worst 52 seconds you've ever had. Maybe not the worst, but you know what I mean. That was like, okay, is that what we're talking about? No. No, that is not what we're talking about. That was a real video, by the way. That, that's real, like, this news station in Toledo made this video for the local high school students to try to be culturally relevant. Epic fail, okay? Right, epic fail. Um, so, some of you were like, I have no idea any of the things that they just said. And, and that's fine. I, I, I caught three quarters of them. But at the same time, like, I know that our students here were, like, watching this, right? It's, like, cringe, when you watch it, is that what we're talking about when we say culturally relevant? No, it is not. And, and while that's hilarious, and I guess props for trying, um, yeah, maybe the, the underlying tone of that, right, of what that is, that could be why some of us, some of you, some that are maybe watching online, that, that underlying tone there of that could be why church hasn't worked for you in the past. Really think about that. That that idea could be why church hasn't worked for you in the past. This core value though, that we believe in being culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure, here's the cool thing about this, that this was also the Apostle Paul, this was one of his major core values. He didn't necessarily word it this way, but I'm gonna show you why, And he learned this core value from the life of Jesus. That's the thing. He learned this core value from the the life of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, think about some of the things that Jesus did throughout his life. Water into wine, right? Healing people where they were, regardless of the day of the week or location. Um, Being a friend of sinners. Calling out injustice for the sake of others. Caring about someone's heart and caring about them as a person before he cared about their behaviors. He loved them as a person before he worried too much about their behaviors. Let me just say this. This is a concept that guides us definitely as an organization. I mean, a church is an organization. So this is certainly a concept that guides us as an organization. But it can't be, hear me on this, it can't be a core value of Connect Church if it is not a core value for you personally. If it's not a core value for you personally, then this cannot be a core value of Connect Church because we are the church. We, we make up Connect Church. And so if this isn't something that's a core value for you personally, then this can't be a core value of the church. The Lord wants to come to the middle of people's story. He wants, to, he wants to come into your story and he wants to come into my story. And regardless of where you are on your journey, he wants to show up there. And, and he does that through other people. He does that through the church, through you and through me. He shows up in people's story that way. But, but if we keep our head in the sand to the world around us, to what is going on around us, to the culture in which this world is, and we focus too much on our personal perspectives, if we don't know how the people around us are thinking, what they're thinking about, what they're being influenced by, to be able to empathize with those that are around us, whether we agree with them or not, notice I didn't say agree with them. I said to be able to empathize with them. Then we can't speak to them about eternity we can't speak to them about the good news of Jesus because we didn't care enough to understand what they care about or the culture in which they do it in. So Paul breaks this down for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And so if you've got your Bibles, that's where we're going to be. Uh, or you can follow along in the Bible app, as I mentioned earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. And this verse really kind of embodies everything. I'm almost going to start at the end and work our way back. Here's what he says. Even though I am a free man with no master... I become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Notice that's highlighted, to bring many to Christ. See, Paul was free to do what he wanted. He, was, he, he broke away from the traditions and all of the different things that, that really kind of held back a lot of people. He was free to do what he wanted, but bringing people to Jesus was more important to him than using his freedom selfishly. And so let me skip to the main point, and that is this, to bring many to Christ. This, this is the point. This is why we do what we do, right? This is the championship. This is the end game. To bring many to Christ. This, this is the win. We are the church to bring many to Christ. And, and for them to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus. So that's really what we're talking about here. The how is what we're talking about. See, to outside observers, to people just looking at Paul from the outside, they may think that his life was, was inconsistent, that he had an inconsistent life, but, but he actually consistently pursued one goal, and this was it. He consistently pursued the goal to bring many to Christ. And look at how he breaks this down in verses 20 through 23. He says, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ, When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. See, he's valuing others above himself. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. See that? I do not ignore... I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessing. See, Paul really lived this out. In Acts 21, he actually participated in a Jewish purification ceremony that he knew was completely unnecessary for his life and for his relationship with Jesus, but he he did it in hopes that it would build a bridge of ministry to the Jewish people. If you back up a few chapters in Acts 16, he actually has Timothy get circumcised, not because it was necessary, but because it would be helpful in ministry to the Jews, Various things that if you look through the life of Paul, where he adapted to the culture, but he didn't change his message. He adapted to the culture, but he didn't change his message because through all of it, he remained doctrinally pure. He remained doctrinally pure. And this is an important piece. I'm I'm not going to move forward with the rest of this message until we cover this because we have to address this specific piece because it can't be one or the other. It's got to be both and. See, even though he didn't want to flaunt his liberty to the Jews who were still feeling like they were under the traditions and and I got to do this and I got to do that, he didn't force the law on the Gentiles. So without compromising his morals or violating his principles, he really fit in with the people that he was around and that he was called to minister to so that he might win them to Christ because that inevitably is the point of all of it, is to win those around us to Christ. But he didn't change his doctrine. He didn't change his message. What he did do to appeal to different groups, though, was he would change his behavior, he would change his method, and or his approach. And you can do those things without compromising the message and without compromising your doctrine. Paul basically did anything short of sin to win people to Christ. And we should really have that same attitude as well. That we're willing to do whatever it takes for the people around us to come to Christ. That's called having a missional mindset. Something we've talked about in the past is to have this missional mindset. A missional mindset really means that you are laser-focused. You are laser-focused on the mission that every thought, every action, every reaction is geared toward that end. And that's something that's gotta be intentional. And so as we say... In our core values, one of our core values is that we believe that God's word has the power to change and transform lives. And so, if we say that, we can't put aside God's word, we can't put aside the doctrine, we can't put aside the message to accomplish what God has for us to accomplish, or it goes against who we are at our core. We must remain doctrinally pure. We must. Now, there are some schools of thought that believe that you have to compromise the message, that you have to compromise the message, you have to compromise your morals um, or some aspect of your belief system to be culturally relevant. And let me just say this humbly and with a gracious heart. um, That is the same attitude and the same mentality that crucified Jesus and martyred the disciples. It's the truth. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It really should be both and. And it can be both and. I want to look at John 17 for a quick second. I want to flip there and look at Jesus' prayer for you and for me in regards to this. I know I've referred to John 17 a lot lately, but it's such a great chapter because it's the whole chapter is Jesus praying. And in this particular section, he's praying for you and for me. And there's a piece of this that I think is going to change your perspective on something that you may have heard. And maybe not, but I think this is really going to kind of bring you in and and laser focus you into really the mission and what we're called to do. And so let's read this. Here we go. It says, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. That's an important phrase there that I'm going to refer back to here in a second. Not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. See, the goal is to bring many to Christ because he is the only hope of the world. Said that many times over the last couple of weeks. Jesus is the only hope of this world, and he's chosen to use the local church to make an impact on this world for him. But we are to be in this world, not of it. Have you heard that phrase before? We're to be in the world, but not of the world. And that, that phrase really comes from this passage, and it's worded a little bit differently depending on which translation you're looking at. But I'd like to propose to you a little bit of a, of, of a revision to the way in which we say that. And not that I'm changing Scripture or anything here, but I really want to hone in more on exactly what Jesus was saying and the intent of what he was getting at here. Just remember, the Bible wasn't written in English, so let me just remind you of that. But while we we like the saying, and and we've said the saying, and, and almost used it as a mantra, we're to be in the world, not of the world. We say that I want to propose to change it to this. Not of, but sent into. And this really brings the biblical principle that's underneath this into the proper perspective. And I'm going to break it down for you as to why. Because if we say in, but not of, then we're really saying that we are in this world, but what we really need to do is to make sure that we're not of it. That's kind of what we're saying. And if you really if you really hear what's being said there, there's definite like legalistic tone there of wanting to to pull back from the world and to stay away from everyone. And that it's kind of the us for and no more mentality that, that we are more holy over here. And so we need to stay away from what's going on over there. Now, Jesus does not want his followers to be of the world. No doubt. I'm not gonna argue that. Absolutely. He, there, there are things that, that happen in this world that we're, really shouldn't be participating in, shouldn't be a part of it when it comes to that of the world aspect, okay? For sure, no doubt. But I want you to think back to verse 15. It was, it was the one that I highlighted there. And it says, as Jesus is praying to the, to the Father, he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. So he's, he's not asking God for us to be pulled back away. He's wanting us to be protected as we are sent in. He's wanting us to be wise and to make good decisions about the things that we participate in and the things that we don't as we are sent in to the world. So we are not of, but sent into. Do you see the difference? We're not of, but we're sent into. We have a mission. We're commissioned to go into the world. And so that ends up begging this question Are you a stumbling block or a stepping stone? So if we're not of, but we're sent into, and we are sent into the world, am I a stumbling block with the way that I'm being sent into the world or to the way that I I am going out into the world, excuse me, Or, or am I a stepping stone for other people? See, if we are in but not of, then we can unintentionally be a stumbling block for others because we are so worried about being not of that we make the mission secondary to our personal preferences. You see that? We make the mission secondary to our personal preferences when we are focused so much on the not of. Paul gave up his rights. He, he blended in with the Jews and the Gentiles in humility because rather than being an obstacle that caused people to stumble and to fall and to be pulled away from Jesus, Paul chose to be a stone in which people could step on, to go toward Jesus. And sometimes we get confused and we let our personal preferences take over and we end up being a stumbling block, even unintentionally, because we can be a little too focused on the not of instead of the sent into. And so, if we have a missional mindset, then we're driven by the core values of God, and then we're gonna more often than not be a stepping stone, and we'll be honest with ourselves about where maybe we're a stumbling block, right? We'll be honest about our attitudes in our conversations, we'll be honest about maybe our judgmental tone with other people, be honest about our posts and our comments. That really push people away from Jesus. I've seen way too much of that lately, all over Facebook. People with, I think, potentially good intentions, but don't even realize how much that they're being a stumbling block with some of the garbage, quite frankly, that, that's being posted. And we also won't be surprised when people who are not followers of Jesus act like people who aren't followers of Jesus. Why why are we surprised at that, by the way, as the church? Why are we surprised when we come across people who aren't followers of Jesus and we hold them to a standard that they're not even holding themselves to? Why are we surprised when people who aren't followers of Jesus act like people who aren't followers of Jesus? We should love them. Love them where they are. Love them too much to let them stay there. See, we'll love people. If we're being honest, we will love people. We will meet them where where they are in a relevant way without compromising our morals and our beliefs and our doctrines. It's possible. It can happen. See, we will respond to other people. We won't react. There's a big difference here. Respond. Don't react. This is something that I, I personally have been struggling with and, and, and working through myself as well. Responding is a, is, a much different, uh, is, a, is a much different place than reacting. When I react, I... I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking well. In fact, I'm probably not thinking at all. I'm just snapping. I'm just reacting. But when I respond, I can respond in a loving way. See, winning the argument and making your point, making your point of view the loudest, that's rarely able to be accomplished in love. Think about it. Making your point of view and winning the argument Making your point of view the loudest is rarely able to be accomplished in love. And it's rarely, if ever, done from a missional mindset. When we react and we maybe post or we say the things that we do that end up being stumbling blocks, are you really posting that from a missional mindset or just because you have this certain perspective on masks or vaccines? I mean, let's just call it what it is. Am I participating in the lives of others? in a way that allows them to step closer to Jesus or to keep them moving toward Jesus? Or am I pulling people away? See, we will share the good news with others when we have a missional mindset, not a selfish one. Jesus is sending us into the world to make a difference, and that means meeting people where they are. I've said this one for a while, and I'm going to continue to say it because I 100% believe it. The potential of Connect Church lies in the strength of its people. The potential of Connect Church lies in the strength of its people. And I believe this now more than I ever have. And this is actually encouraging to me because y'all are awesome. Honestly, our church is awesome. We have amazing people in our church that I believe get this. I I think we all get this. It's just a reminder. And we need to maybe be reminded a little bit more. But we have to stay connected to Jesus. We need to stay connected to his mission. And, And for that to remain true, we have to be driven by the mission. And we need to trust the Lord so that everything else can fall into place. Look at what Paul says here in Romans. Romans 10, he says, How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. See, God's normal way of bringing people to himself is through his people, through you and through me, through the church, through those that are sent. Preaching the gospel with how we live our lives and how we treat others. The best sermon you can ever preach is in the way in which you live your life and how you treat others as a follower of Jesus. That speaks more than I could ever speak in a 25 to 30-minute message because it's an all-day, everyday thing. See, this speaks to the idea of motion and progress, talks about the feet moving forward. See, we're not to just sit around and wait for these opportunities to just show up. We are to go out. As followers of Jesus, evangelism is not optional. This is, this is kind of a scary thing for us to hear sometimes. But this is the truth. Evangelism is not optional for followers of Jesus. You can't find me chapter and verse where Jesus is like, eh, if you feel like it, share this you know, with the people around you. You know, if, if you can, it's cool. If you're a little scared, it's fine. No, he doesn't say that. I mean, Acts 1-8, for crying out loud, the last thing Jesus said as he was ascending, you will be my witnesses, telling, about, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. He was very clear that this wasn't an option, that this wasn't like if you feel like it. No, this is what you will do. You will be my witnesses. And all of us do it differently, and all of us can approach that differently. But let me ask you, who can you take the gospel to? I challenge you to pray about a divine appointment this week. Pray about a time when when God can actually drop somebody into your life that you can share the gospel with. Here's a really cool story. I got a text in between services um, from somebody the first hour who I, I gave this challenge to somebody the first hour. They went to the store when they left church. And she said she was praying about it. She was praying, God, put somebody in my life that I could share the gospel with. Literally at Walmart, two people she ended up talking to and sharing Jesus with for like 10 minutes. And she texts me and she's like, see, pray and ask God. And there it is. I mean, good grief. I'm telling you, God will put somebody in your life that only you can minister to. God will put somebody in your life that you need to share with. And the opportunities are there all the time. We're just not always looking for it. I want to challenge you to go on a missions trip and walk next door. Go on a missions trip and walk next door. There is a mission field in your backyard and mine. And our mandate is to bring as many people to Christ as we can. And as far as I'm concerned, as a church... And as a follower of Jesus, we will do anything short of sin to reach people, to connect them to Christ, community, and purpose. When we say connecting people to Christ, community, and purpose, that's not just a a fun slogan that looks good on a sign. While it is that, that's not the the point of it. It really is a way of life. That idea really is a way of life. And we're going to struggle accomplishing the mission if we try to be in and not of, as opposed to being not of sent into and so my connection point for the day connection point for the whole series is that we are the church when we share the good news we're the church when we share the good news this is the point of all of it to bring many to Christ but you know what we can't do that nearly as effectively as if we are being culturally relevant If we're not culturally relevant at all, we can't do that nearly as effectively. (coughs) You know, we believe that God's word has the power to change and transform lives. We believe that all people matter to God, and therefore they matter to us as a church. We believe that a church is, is a unified community of servants with men and women utilizing their spiritual gifts. We believe that. We believe that followers of Christ are going to actively pursue spiritual growth. If we're a follower of Christ, we're going to actively pursue that because we believe that life change happens best in community. It happens best in community. We believe excellence honors God and inspires people. And so we're going to do everything that we can with the utmost excellence for him. And that's why we believe in being culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. You may not realize it, but I just took all seven of our core values and showed you how they all bridge on top of each other. And they all work their way all the way through. This is who we're called to be, because we are the church. We have an opportunity this week. We have an opportunity every week to be not of, but sent into. You have an opportunity this week to be not of but sent into. You have been commissioned. Each and every one of us has been commissioned to go out as missionaries into our neighborhoods, into our community, and around the world. We are all called to reach someone. We are all called to share the gospel because we are the church when we share the good news. So let me ask you this hard question. What are you going to do with that? Honestly, what are you going to do with that? We're the church. We are called to go and share the good news. Maybe some of us here, some of us watching online, maybe you're just now hearing the good news. Maybe it's really just making sense that, that God loves you so much that he wants to have a relationship with you. It's our sin that keeps us separated from God and there's nothing we can do to remove our sin. And our sin can only be removed by the blood of Jesus. And and praise God, Jesus came to remove our sin, to forgive us of our sin so that anyone and everyone can have eternal life. And that's the good news. And you can have that eternal life that can start right now. And from there... From there, we all have something to do moving forward. We all have people around us that need to hear the good news of Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much, God, for the way that you call us, for the way that you are so clear and, and in all honesty, blunt with us. You give us the truth about what we're called to do. But Lord, you love us so much. You love us so much that, that you want us to go out and you want us to share that love with others. So help us to do that in a relevant way. Help us to do that in a, in a way that is empathetic. Help us to do that in a way that is, um, that is loving to those around us. Not in a way that's judgmental or harsh, but in a way that's culturally relevant, Lord, and, and we can remain doctrinally pure while we share the good news of Jesus with them, as Paul did, as you did, Jesus, while you were on, on this earth. Father, we've all been commissioned to be not of, but sent into. So help us as we move forward. Help us to keep our eyes open for the opportunities to share the good news as we are the church. We are essential workers, Lord, as we go out to be the church. And God, if there is one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that today might be the day that they make that decision. If they need to talk, if they need to pray, Lord, if they just need prayer, they just have questions. Father, I pray that they wouldn't leave here without getting those answered. For those watching online, that they would go to connectchurch.xyz slash next. Maybe just comment um, where they're at. Have a conversation. Father, save save those that, that need to be saved today. Pray that your spirit would move in a powerful way through them. For the rest of us, God, I pray that we would just take this charge seriously. We would take this commission seriously to go out and share the good news with those around us. Help us, each of us to have our eyes open for the divine appointments that you place around us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.